Good morning. I'm Max Cohen, a congressional reporter at Punchbowl News. I'm filling in for Anna and Jake this week. Welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your top Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Republican defense hawks flex their muscles. Republican defense hawks got rolled in the recent debt limit deal. This week, they began to hit back. The occasion of the annual NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania, gave GOP senators a prime opportunity to make the case for a bigger defense budget, one that seeks to meet President Joe Biden's stated goal of a long-term security guarantee for Ukraine as the brutal war with Russia continues. Here's what freshman Senator Pete Ricketts, Republican of Nebraska, told our Andrew Desiderio in an interview. Quote, We provide arms to Ukraine soldiers so that they fight the Russians and we don't have to. That's a key message that we need to continue to get out to the American public. When people express skepticism about the money we're spending, including some of my constituents, folks here on the other side of the Atlantic start to get nervous. Indeed, as NATO members are set to approve a historic commitment for Ukraine later today, albeit one that falls short of full membership, conservatives back home are ramping up calls to cut back on funding for Kyiv. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia, offered several amendments to the fiscal year 2024 defense authorization bill that would reduce or even cut off U.S. funding for Ukraine. Other Republicans want to impose additional oversight and restrictions on American aid. Speaker Kevin McCarthy has voiced support for Ukraine, but he's also signaled that he won't approve a standalone supplemental aid package just for the embattled country. McCarthy wants any new Ukraine money to go through the regular appropriations process, and he doesn't support an increase in the top-line defense number. And a group of Senate conservatives, led by Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, wrote to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on Tuesday about the Pentagon's $6 billion accounting error when valuing weapons transfers to Ukraine. The Republican senators accused the Biden administration of seeking to, quote, bypass Congress for additional funds while continuing to prioritize Ukraine over more vital U.S. interests, including deterring China in the Pacific. Yet the message on the other side of the Atlantic couldn't be more different. The Republican side of the congressional delegation, led by Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, was adamant that Congress will be able to continue funding Ukraine's military for as long as it takes to expel Russia from its territory. Quote, The discussions we've had this week give me a lot of optimism that we'll be able to go back, build a case, and have strong bipartisan long-term support, which is something Putin can't afford, Tillis said. Quote, This is a strategic opportunity for us to show that we're invested in increasing NATO capabilities. For many Republicans, that starts with encouraging other members of NATO to meet the alliance's defense spending requirement of 2% of GDP. Senator Dan Sullivan, Republican from Alaska, told us that while the, quote, most immediate priority is maintaining U.S. aid for Ukraine, that effort could be undermined if the majority of NATO members continue to fall below the 2% threshold. There's a growing view in the United States that we shouldn't have new members until the current members all meet the commitment of the 2% target, Sullivan said in an interview here, nodding to concerns about the United States bearing the brunt of the alliance's defensive capabilities. Back in Washington, 
Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell bolstered that message. NATO is making progress toward rebuilding the hard power many allies allowed to atrophy, McConnell said, adding that, quote, our allies are making progress towards spending 2% of GDP on defense. Number two, late night action on the NDAA. After 11 hours of internal GOP clashes over controversial amendments to the annual defense authorization package, the House Rules Committee late Tuesday night approved a bifurcated rule that will give Republicans more time to figure out how to handle a number of controversial amendments. Basically, McCarthy and GOP leaders have stalled until they can figure out what kind of deals are possible within their own rank and file. The scheduled floor vote today on the rule will only cover non-controversial NDAA amendments. Then, Republicans will have to go back to the Rules Committee to pass a second rule for the more divisive amendments. House Freedom Caucus members have threatened to take down any rule and the must-pass NDAA package unless they're allowed to offer provisions on abortion, diversity, equity, inclusion funding, critical race theory, climate change, transgender issues and drag shows, and Ukraine aid, among others. Democrats have mocked the GOP infighting, arguing that by pandering to conservatives on culture war issues, McCarthy and senior Republicans are costing themselves any chance of bipartisan support. It will also make negotiations with the Senate and the White House more difficult. Quote, I would be remiss if I didn't say that we are here at 11 p.m. because once again, Republicans are fighting with Republicans in a back room about how to make what should have been a bipartisan bill into a hyperpartisan bill, complained Representative Jim McGovern, the top Democrat on rules, following the late night vote. McCarthy and the GOP leadership want to pass the NDAA by this Friday. Yet Freedom Caucus Chair Scott Perry, Republican of Pennsylvania, said it's more important to get the bill right than to rush it through the House. That may even include extending the debate past the August recess. Quote, I want it to be right, Perry told us. I don't care when it passes. It needs to pass timely, but we have until November or whatever. We don't have to do it now. It needs to be correct. Number three, Christopher Wray prepares to enter the lion's den. Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee will have ample opportunity to grill one of their favorite targets, FBI Director Christopher Wray, today as part of a regularly scheduled oversight hearing. It's been a rough stretch for the FBI, to say the least. House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan has made the Bureau a main example of a vendetta against what he labels, quote, the weaponized federal government. Exhibit A was a letter Jordan sent to House Appropriations Committee Chair Kay Granger on Tuesday. In that missive, Jordan recommended, quote, that the appropriations bills eliminate any funding for the FBI that is not absolutely essential for the agency to execute its mission. Jordan also proposed denying any fiscal year 2024 funds for the FBI to build a new headquarters in the National Capital Region. Instead, Jordan wants the FBI to study whether they could base their new headquarters in Huntsville, Alabama. These two proposals face little chance of becoming law, but they're a sign of just how hostile an audience Ray will face today. Here's what Jordan told us last night about the upcoming hearing. Quote, 
This is the FBI that was investigating 25 parents that showed up to school board hearings as terrorists. This is the FBI that put up a memorandum in the Richmond office saying that Catholics are extremists. This is the FBI that the judge found was censoring Americans. This is the FBI that's retaliated against whistleblowers. And they want a new headquarters. They want FISA reauthorized. That's a pretty good encapsulation of what Ray will face today. Here's a taste of some of the flashpoints Judiciary Republicans are likely to bring up today in the hearing. The FBI's handling of a confidential human source that reported an unverified tip that Joe Biden accepted a bribe when he was vice president. The FBI's investigation into local Catholic churches and parents who threatened school board officials. Allegations of political bias in the Bureau as detailed in Special Counsel John Durham's report. The FBI's treatment of whistleblowers. The FBI's raid of Mar-a-Lago and the federal indictment of former President Donald Trump over mishandling of classified documents and alleged abuses of the FISA program. And there's much more that will likely be touched on later today. Quote, I think a lot of people are going to talk about a lot of things that have caused the trust gap. Representative Andy Biggs, a Freedom Caucus member who sits on judiciary, told us last night. How will Ray seek to respond? According to an excerpt of the director's opening statement, Ray will aim to reframe the conversation, quote, beyond the one or two investigations that seem to capture all the headlines. Instead, Ray will laud the hard work of the 38,000 FBI agents who work to combat violent gang crime, cartels trafficking fentanyl, and the Chinese Communist Party. Thanks so much for listening. If you like The Daily Punch, leave us a rating and review. Share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.